Good morning, everyone. Nice to see you. Welcome to church today. And if you're joining online, welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church, to our service. Um, it's great that we can be in God's house together. Great that we can join online. And uh, God's house is a very big house. Um, it extends beyond the boundaries of this uh, building, that's for sure. Um, because God's house is us. Uh, we are the church. We are the people of God. We are the, the church. We are the house in that sense. But it's great when we can come together. And I just want to encourage us uh, just to really uh, seek God's presence today, whether we're at home or uh, here in the building. Let's seek God's presence and look for him and all that he wants to do today. And let's just be open to what he wants to say to us this morning. God's always willing to speak. Um, the, the question is how open we are to, to listen and to hear uh, what he wants to say. Uh, we're going to start by uh, singing a, a, another carol and, uh, and we're going to take communion. And then we're going to get into to God's word and, and see what he wants to say to us today. But let's pray uh, before we start. And let's just uh, bow our heads, close our eyes. Let's just get into that place where we can really focus on him this morning. Father, we just thank you that you're here. We thank you that you live within us. This mystery that the God who created everything that we can see, the God who created the universe, who is so eternally massive lives within us and uh, lives within just kind of ordinary human beings father it's a mystery how can we begin to understand it but lord we know that it's true we know that it's real because father you're living in our hearts day by day moment by moment and father there is not a moment where you're not with us and we hang on to that word sometimes father that you have promised you'll never leave us you will never forsake us Lord, regardless of how we feel, when we feel abandoned, when we feel forsaken, Lord, we can remember to quote that verse, and, uh, and Father, remember that you're with us in every situation, and Lord, we know that we face challenging days. Lord, so many people in our fellowship even facing uh, challenging situations, but Lord, we know that in the challenging situations, you're with us. So, Father, help us to experience your presence in the challenging moments, in the challenging times. Lord, help us to keep turning to you and seeking you, to keep knocking on that door, to keep asking, and just to keep on, keep on, keep on going. Father, help us to have that, that perseverance in our, our hearts today and in this week and in the weeks and months that will come. Lord, help us to have that perseverance, to develop that perseverance within us. Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray for this service today that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that you would speak to us. May our spiritual eyes and ears be open to hear all that you want to say. Father, we recognize that sometimes we, we come into your presence. Or, Lord, there are just things in our life which are not right. And Father, we just confess those things today. Lord, we ask that you'd forgive us. We ask that you'd cleanse us from that unrighteousness. Make us clean on the inside, Father, so that the things that we think are clean, the things that we say are clean, the things that we do are clean. Lord, we just want to be, uh, just as your, your word talks about, we want to be this spotless bride, ready for the groom, who is Jesus. And so, Lord, help us to be in the right place before you today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.
Father, we just thank you that people have taken the time to write these songs that help us to praise you, help us to worship you. And Lord, they contain so much truth in the very words that we sing. And Father, we just come to this time of year and we, we think about the coming into the world of your son, Jesus. And Lord, we are so privileged to know him. Father, we are so privileged to have him in our lives. And Lord, we just pray for everyone who's tuning in today. Father, everyone who's here, Lord, we pray that if we've never made that decision to invite you into our lives, Lord, that we would do that today. Lord, just as people accepted and welcomed Jesus when he arrived on the planet as a baby, Lord, may we with the same simple faith just accept him, welcome him into our hearts whether it's today uh, or, or at some other point, Lord, if we've never done that, Lord, we pray that we would make that a priority in our lives. You know, I was just thinking as I was reading through Luke and I came to Luke chapter 4, and it's the, the part of the Bible where Jesus has been led out by the, the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. And it says here that when the devil, after all this had happened, when the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune moment. Do you know that struck me afresh as I was reading it? It says that he left him till an opportune moment. I don't know about you, but as a Christian, I, I think I've won the victory. I'm, I'm on top today. I'm on top. And, and it can be so easy to kind of let our guard down. But the devil, the Bible says that he's like a, a lion sort of prowling around looking for somebody to, to kind of capture and devour. And it's those moments where we kind of think, you know, I, I'm kind of, I've got it together as a Christian. It's, it's all kind of working fine for me. And, and you think you're doing really well. And then something happens and you go, where did that come from? Well, the reality is the devil waits for an opportune moment to come um, and to, to, to really uh, get us down. And the reality is that we live in a world full of temptations, you know, and they're not all necessarily bad things. Temptations can be anything that takes us away from focusing on God, takes us away, takes our worship away and puts them onto somebody or something else. The world is full of temptations. And I just kind of find that communion is a time where we center ourselves back on God. You know, in Corinthians, we're encouraged to examine ourselves, examine our hearts and, and come before God. I remember as a teenager, I've shared this before, where you would just come uh, to, to the communion part and I'd be trying to think of all the things in my week that I maybe should be confessing and, and getting right before God. And I'm like, oh, I remember I said that. I shouldn't have done that. Lord, I'm sorry. Or, or I did this, and I shouldn't have done that, and I'm sorry, you know. And communion was a time to really get centered on who God is. But if anything, communion's a, t a time where we remember that Jesus is our example. He is the one. He, he went through all that testing, all the temptations, and he came out the other side. Jesus remains our example, but the devil remains our enemy. Let's never forget that. And he's never going to stop trying to pull you down. The one that pulls us back up is Jesus. The Bible says that when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to make us clean on the inside, to, to wash us through inside and to make us clean. I don't know about you, but that sounds great to me. There have been many occasions where I just go, Lord, I need a fresh start. <laughs> I need a fresh start today. Um, and so communion can be that time for us. It's a time where we want to encounter God. And so as we take the bread and the wine, let's just pray in these moments. Let's take it together and let's really pray that we experience his presence in this place.
if you're joining online and you, you have things to hand, you're ready to go, then that would be great as well. Just as we pray over the, the bread. Father, we just thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his example in our lives. Lord, we thank you that in every way he was tested. The Bible says that that, that he was tempted and tested in the same ways that we are, and yet he didn't sin, yet he stayed faithful to you. He stayed true to you. And Father, we thank you for his example. Lord, even when the, the devil, the enemy, was, was after him and after him uh, trying to trip him up, he remained faithful to you. Father, he knew you and he knew who he was and he knew your word. And Father, he was able to use your word as that sword of the Spirit, Father, just to come uh, and, and, and come back at the enemy when he was trying to get him down. Father, may we be those people as well. Lord, we thank you for Jesus for his body, which was uh, broken for us. Father, this time of the year, we, we remember him coming into this world as a baby, that tiny little body, which grew up. And Father, he paid the ultimate price for our freedom. He gave himself for us that we might experience forgiveness of sins, that we might experience being clean on the inside. Father, that we might experience your presence in our lives. And so we thank you for that. And so we take the bread together today and we remember his body which was broken for us. Father, we thank you of that blood which was shed for us. And Father, as we take wine, we remember the, the blood of Jesus which was shed for us. Father, it's just horrendous to even begin to try and imagine what that must have been like. Lord, we are in awe of what you have done for us. We are in awe of the sacrifice that you made for us. And Father, we just we just thank you for this blood which was shed for us. And we take it, we take this wine as a reminder of that blood which was shed for us. Lord, help us to never take it for granted. Help us to realize that that's what makes us clean on the inside. Father, that's what restores our relationship with you. Father, that Jesus has redeemed us. He's bought us back. He's paid the price. And so, as we take this wine, may we remember that blood which was shed for us. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for all that he means to us. Lord, we thank you that this time of year is a time where we can focus on him, focus on his coming into the world. Father, that, that point in time where Jesus became a human being, Father, where God became, you became a human being. And Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for all that he accomplished. Father, we thank you that he didn't stay dead, that Father, he is risen. He is seated at your right hand. Father, we thank you that he prays for us. Lord, that's an incredible thought. <laughs> that's an incredible thought, Father. Lord, that, that Jesus prays for us. In our weakness, in our moments where we feel that we can't go on, we can't, we can't do anything else, we're lo lo we've lost our strength, we've lost our hope, we've lost our purpose, we've lost our ability to see a way forward, that Jesus prays for us. And Father, time and time again, we wonder why 
our faith revives, where we're able to see uh, with hope the future again, because Father Jesus prays for us, and we thank you for that reality in our lives. And Lord, we, we pray, may our spiritual eyes and ears be open to all that you want to say to us today in this, in this message as we think about your word again. But Father, not just today, in, in the days that will come, as we lead, lead up into to Christmas Day, and, and Father, as we, we contemplate uh, whether in our, our, our private times or together, whatever we're doing, Father, as we contemplate the birth of Jesus, Father, we just thank you that it's a reality in our lives. And Lord, we just give you praise and thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Great to be here today. It's great to see everyone. Um, what I can see anyway. Um, it's nice to see what I can see. You're all looking really, really good. Um, for those who are online, I hope you're sitting comfortably. Uh, we're going to just kind of dive into God's Word uh, in a little minute. Uh, I do have one or two announcements to make, uh, which I'm going to do first. And uh, just to remind people about Right Now Media, um, at the moment we have uh, in our church, which is a reasonable size, I think, 53 people signed up to Right Now Media. And some of the people who've signed up have still to activate their account, so if I can remind you to do that. Um, if you've not signed up to Right Now Media, can I encourage you to do that? I will send out another email uh, just so that you can get yourself signed up. It is something that we want to use in the life of the church uh, going forward for, for groups and studies and things like that. Uh, so can I encourage you to get signed up to that? Um, I don't have my phone to take a picture, so maybe Mary, you could pass up my phone, please. phone was being seconded out today for another purpose, um, but I'm just going to take the picture for track and trace, if it works. Working. <laughs> oh, there we go. Excuse me a second. For all those who are online joining us, uh, just give me a little second. Somebody waved there. <laughs> I thought somebody waved there. Uh, so, uh, oh, this just does my head and all this nonsense. But anyway, that's where we're at. Uh, we need to make sure that we're keeping everybody safe. And uh, thanks to our COVID duty officers who are doing a great job week by week. Um, thank you to our tech guys and all the people who are uh, involved, and thank you to you for being here. Thank you to you for being online. Um, it's amazing that we can still do uh, all the things that we're doing. And just a reminder that tomorrow, uh, 9.30, we'll have prayer uh, on Zoom. Uh, so if you've never joined prayer on Zoom, uh, it's, it's really, really simple. Uh, tomorrow at 9.30, and then on Wednesday at 7.30, and we'll, we'll keep the Wednesday night uh, quite tight because uh, Christmas Eve, uh, we will be in the building again. We'll be limited to 50 people. Uh, the website will be reset so that you can get booked in for that. Um, we will be streaming uh, the, our Christmas Eve service uh, this year, which is great because we've sent out an invitation to so many people. Um, it's on Facebook as well, so can I ask you to share that? If you're on Facebook, uh, share that. Um, so it will go out through all the usual channels. So um, normally on a Christmas Eve, we've got this place packed out. 170 people in this tiny room, um, and it's usually packed out. So you can guess that's not going to happen this year. Um, but I'm hoping that we have way more than 170 people joining us this year because we've got the technology in place to do that. And, uh, yeah, every cloud has a silver lining, I think. So um, please be praying for that as well. Uh, looking forward to, to what God wants to say and do 
um, on Christmas Eve as well. So let's just pray for a little second. I'm going to come to the, the Bible, read that, share some thoughts from God's Word, but let's just pray for a little second before we do that. Father, we've already prayed today that you'd open our spiritual eyes and ears to hear what you want to say to us. Lord, we, we recognize that day by day we get up, we have our breakfast, we have lunch, we have dinner, we have supper, and some of us, we have snacks in between. But Father, your word says that we don't live by bread alone, but we live by every word that proceeds from your mouth. And Father, we are so thankful that we have your word. We're so thankful that you want to speak into our lives. And Lord, may our spiritual eyes and ears be open to what you want to say to us through your word, Father, today, but not just today in our own devotions, in our own personal times with you. Father, we pray that our, our antenna would be up, Lord, that we'd be able to hear what your spirit wants to say to us, because Lord, we know that you want to change us from the inside out. So Father, just help us today as we think about your word um, in the moments that will come. In Jesus' name, amen. So, last, last week we talked about prayerful expectation, the importance of remaining expectant, and uh, I don't know about you, but as I think about that, I've been challenged about that this week. I'm expectant about what God can do. I'm not necessarily expectant that things are going to change vis-a-vis -a, -vis a virus very quickly. Um, if I'm being totally honest, it's not looking that way. But I am expecting that despite that, God can continue to speak and do incredible things. The week before that, I talked about uh, an appointed time, how Jesus came. One, uh, this, is, this amazes me that all these prophecies in the Old Testament came to pass in one person, at one place in time, at one point in history. It's just, it's incredible. This person, Jesus. And the chances of that happening, and I've spoken about that in church before, the chances of that happening are, are, are absolutely astronomical. There's more chance of me going to the moon, in fact, uh, than, than that happening. And today I want to think about something slightly different. We've been in Luke chapter 2, I'm going to stay in there, but today I want to think about consistent devotion. And I'm going to read a passage in Luke chapter 2, it's about Anna, the prophetess, and this is what it says, there was also a prophetess, in some translations it says prophet, I'll come back to that in a second, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old, she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. And coming up to them, that's Mary and Joseph and Simeon, at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. What an incredible passage of Scripture. You know, it's one of those passages where you could read and skip straight past and miss what God is saying in that and, and miss some of the lessons that we can learn from it. And my, my key thought, I guess, today is that a little consistently over time leads to a lot. I don't have my clicker, so you'll need to forward the slides for me. Um, a little consistently over time leads to a lot. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I look at the people we've been thinking about over the last few weeks. We've got Zachariah, Elizabeth. We've not really thought much about Mary, but we can think about Mary in Luke chapter 2 as well. Simeon and Anna, and they were all little people. You feel like a little person. Eventually, I'm standing next to, if 
I've been told, if I'm standing next to Mary, I feel really, really short. <laughs> um, but that's not what I mean. I'm talking about how do you feel on the inside? You know, sometimes I, sometimes I feel like a really small person on the inside. I feel quite insignificant. I feel like I don't really matter too much in the world. I don't know if you feel like that. People who are online maybe feel like that. Just let us know uh, your feedback online. It's always great to read the comments uh, later on. Sometimes we feel like little people, but little people can make a big difference. There's this line in uh, one of the Lord of the Rings films, and I found it really moving when I, I watched this for the first time all those years ago. And it talked about he, how even a small person can change the course of history. I, I, I had tears run down my eyes because I, I thought, I'm a small person. I, well, I'm not talking about physically now, okay? So, less of the laughs, okay? I'm talking about how I feel on the inside sometimes. Remember that message about no more Mr. Average lifting the lid off our expectations? You know, God really spoke to me about that. But, but God can do things with little people, and that's what I see in these passages that we've been reading. Zachariah, Elizabeth, Simeon, and now Anna, and uh, you can see her in the, in, in the background in the picture here. Uh, she's, she's in there in the background, but if you don't believe that little things can make a big difference, think about this. Saving a little money each month can make a big difference. You might think, I don't have very much money, but saving a little often, regularly, consistently, can make a big difference. Do a little exercise each week, perhaps each day, if you can. A little often makes a big difference. Eat a few less biscuits each day. <laughs> makes a big difference. It does, doesn't it? All the small things add up over time. And uh, one of my friends and colleagues, uh, Alan Hewitt, he said this, little is never as small as you think. Little is never as small as you think. I read that years and years ago in some principles that Alan was laying out over years and years of ministry experience. And there's many of us who look up to Alan as a great Bible teacher, and he's a fantastic guy. And that's what he said, little is never as small as you think. I, I wrote that down because I thought, I'm going to take hold of that, and I'm going to remember that as it applies to my life. You see, there's this principle that a little consistently over time leads to a lot. These people that we've talked about, little people, kept their hearts right. They served faithfully, and they stayed expectant. And as we open up this passage of Scripture, we see the details in the text. Anna was a prophetess. And just in case you're wondering, the translation that I was reading had the word prophet what's actually used there is a feminine noun. And we have these debates about women's role in church. Anna was a prophetess. It's a feminine noun, not a masculine noun. She wasn't a woman doing a man's job. God was using this person who was dedicated to God, and she was a prophetess. And I kind of think, you know, I've been praying a lot about spiritual gifts recently, and I was, I was praying about certain ones, and I'm like, Lord, I really want that gift. And then I was challenged, and I'm thinking, should I really be praying for that? And then I remembered about how it says that we have to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. But I realized as well, if I want to receive things from God, I have got to be a giver. You've got to be a giver before you can be a receiver. You've got to give your time to God. You've got to give your energy to God if you're going to receive things from God. Listen, we receive our salvation free of charge. God's grace is for all of us. We receive salvation free of charge. But what does he say? 
He says you've got to work out that salvation before Him with fear and trembling. We've got to put it into practice. We've got to give ourselves to something in order to grow in it. What does it say about Anna? In verse 37, it says that she did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. If you want to progress in God, you need to invest in your relationship with God. If you're not investing in it, don't expect to grow. Don't expect to become the person that you think you want to be in God. If you don't invest in it, you need to invest yourself. And it's, it's just it's such a basic principle of life. You know, it's like the principle of what goes up must come down. You know, I can take something out of my pocket and flick it. I flicked it, it went up. What did it do? It came back down. That's because there's this thing in life called gravity. It's a principle. It's a law. We call it a law of gravity, but it's a principle as well. Don't stand next to the cliff on a windy day because you might just fall over the edge. It's like those moments of temptation where Jesus was in the wilderness, and then the, it says that the devil took him and set him up in the mountain, uh, on, the, on the top of the temple, and he says, throw yourself down and command God's angels to, to, to kind of catch you. Um, I'd be like, eh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> there are principles in life. What goes up must come down, but what we invest in we will get a return on. What goes in must come back out. And if we are filling ourselves with God, then that is what will come back out. If we are filling ourselves with a whole load of rubbish, then that's what will come back out. Many, many years ago in the church, uh, when we were working with the youth, we had this project called Garbage In, Garbage Out. And the idea was to help our young people to feed on good things so that that's what would fill their lives and then ultimately come out of their lives. Garbage in, garbage out. It's a principle in life. But we need to understand that these are principles and not rules. We get caught up with rules and regulations. We've not to do this, we've not to do that, we've not to do the next thing. We get caught up with rules. But it's not about rules. It's about principles that we need to apply in our lives. It's not about a ritual, it's about a relationship. People have said to me over many, many years about me being a religious person, and I've never particularly thought of myself as a religious person. I've thought of myself as a person who's in a relationship with Jesus, a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus. Here's Anna, a prophetess, and she's a prophetess because she has given herself to God. And I think to get the gifts, you must be a go-getter as well. You don't just suddenly arrive at the place of becoming a prophetess or a prophet or somebody who uses any spiritual gifts or has any spiritual knowledge. 1 Corinthians 12 ends with this, eagerly desire, be zealous for, be strong for spiritual gifts. And then there's chapter 13, which is all about love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is all these incredible things that we realize wait a minute, this is really challenging. How do I put this into practice? And then we go from chapter 12, the end, the passage in love, to chapter 14, the beginning, and it says, eagerly desire, be zealous for spiritual gifts. Paul is encouraging us to get into God and to desire Him. And so we need to position ourselves, we need to pray, but we need to put it into practice. We've got to put it into practice. A little 
consistently over time leads to a lot. And that's what I see in the example of this lady, Anna. A little consistently over time leads to a lot. A little person, by all accounts. But here we are, 2,000 years later, still talking about a little person. It says in verse 7, 37, let me read it again. She did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Tells us that she was from a tribe called Asher. Um, we'll not necessarily go into all that history, but she had a Christian heritage. I think it's really important as I look back at my life, and there are people in here who have known me since I was born, okay? There are people who have known me all my life in here. And I can look back at my life and I can look back at a Christian heritage. I value that Christian heritage. If, you're a, if you are in a family where you don't have Christianity in your heritage, that's not part of your background, here's the challenge. You need to think about the legacy that you're going to leave. You need to think about how you're going to impact the generation that's coming behind you. How are you going to impact them? What legacy are you going to leave so that they can look back and say, I have a Christian heritage, a whole new generation of people who are going to hear the gospel and respond to it. It says of Anna that she was old. We seem to have this dilemma these days about defining what old is, don't we? I've had this conversation with so many people, even recently. What is old these days? Well, let me just put it in a context, okay? When I was Josh's age, I looked at somebody my age now and I thought, that's an old guy, okay? So let's just put it in perspective, eh? Um, but they do say that you're only as old as you feel, and I still feel about 20. So, uh, well, it depends on which day it is. Um, but she was old, and in the text it says that she had uh, been married, and uh, she'd been married for seven years, and then she'd been a widow. There's a bit of ambiguity in the text. Was she 84? Because that's one way you can read the text. Or, bearing in mind that a Jewish girl could be married as young as 12, she could have been as old as 103. We don't know. Either way, this is an old lady who's in the temple, giving herself to God, worshiping, fasting, praying, day and night. She was a widow. And I don't know about you, I've never experienced that. There are people who have experienced that, who know how difficult it is to be in that position where you've lost somebody. I've not experienced that. I can only empathize. But it's a real challenge when we're in that place, when we've lost somebody that's close to us. What was her response to this? Her response was to get before God, to get into a place of worship, to get into a place of prayer, and to find God and to find purpose for her life going forward. And she'd done that for all these years. Can I just say, regardless of where you are, God's not finished with you. God still has a purpose for your life. Just some of the things that I see in and around this whole area of consistency with Anna. Consistency is a key that will unlock some of the doors that we're knocking on. Consistency is a key that will unlock some of the doors that we are knocking on. You look at Zachariah and Elizabeth praying for a son, and then along comes John. Jesus said, there's nobody greater than John. But then he says, the littlest person in the kingdom of God is greater than John. He says these things, and I'm like, you just said that nobody's greater than John, 
And then you're saying that little people like me can be greater than John. If we take hold of the gift that God's put within us, we grasp hold of that with everything that we've got, and we, we seek God and put it into practice, we realize that God can use us. But we need to develop that consistency. Consistency is a key that will unlock some of the doors that we're knocking on. These people were great examples to us. I tried to find the word consistency in the Bible. It's quite hard to find. Did you know that? Try doing a search for the word consistent or consistency in the Bible, and it doesn't come up very often. How it translates in the Bible is faithful, faithful, being faithful. A little over time leads to a lot. That being faithful, being faithful in the small things, Sometimes the seemingly insignificant things, if we are faithful, God can do a little with a lot. And I've said this so many times, you read it in Matthew 7, 7, ask and keep on asking. Be faithful, be consistent. Knock and keep on knocking. Be faithful, be consistent. Seek and keep on seeking. Be faithful and consistent. And as we lend ourselves to the process of being consistent in our Christian lives, what happens, we look back and we think, actually, I'm in a different place now. God has shown me some things that have transformed my life. We need to be consistent. We can be consistent in all sorts of ways, intellectually, consistent in study. We can be consistent physically, whatever that looks like, whether it's practicing a skill perhaps doing exercise, all sorts of things. If we're consistent in that, God can do things with that consistency emotionally. I'm sure we all want to be emotionally healthy. We don't like it when there's emotional ill health in our lives, but I want to suggest today that if we want to be emotionally healthy, we learn to be consistent in the things that God has shown us, spiritually consistent, through consistent spiritual disciplines. Maybe we'll do a series on spiritual disciplines sometime. Spiritual disciplines are hard. The key's in the Word, isn't it? Discipline. We don't like that word. We don't like the word discipline. Having to get up at a certain time, having to study, having to do this, having to do that. We don't like the very idea and concept of having to be disciplined, but it's engaging with spiritual disciplines that help us to engage with God that in turn changes us so that we become the people that He wants us to be. I see in Anna dedication, devotion, turning all the night time into the day for the Dire Straits fans. One person got it. <laughs> Maybe some people online, if you listen to that. It's from a Dire Straits song called Walk of Life. Anyway, but I see in Anna somebody who's dedicated, she's devoted, she's disciplined. And I, I kind of sometimes think in our Christian lives, we want the glory without the grit. We want the glory without the grit. We want to be this wonderful Christian person without having to put in the effort. Can I just say, again, our salvation is free, but we need to work out that salvation with fear and trembling before God, before a holy God, we were listening to an interview, uh, the, the girl from uh, Hillsong who leads the music there, 
His name's just went out of my head. Anyway, we're listening to an, in- an interview, and I-, I got really emotional when she said this. She said, God isn't any less holy now than he was then. Wow. God isn't any less holy now than he was then. God's still got the same high standard for us as he did for his people as they were wandering through the wilderness. God's got the same high standard. And sometimes, sometimes we want to get to that place without the grit, without that consistency in our lives. Grit is courage, resolve, and strength of character. That stickability that we have in difficult times. And anyway, the ultimate glory goes to him, not to us, doesn't it? You know what I'm saying by when we want the glory for ourselves. We want to feel like we're progressing as Christians, that we're breaking through, that we're achieving things in God, and that we're becoming the person that He wants us to be. Consistency is the key that will unlock the doors that some of us are knocking on. That consistent relationship with Him. And the second thing, and the last thing really, is that consistency precedes the presence of God. What does it say in verse 28? Coming up to them at that very moment, at that very moment when Simeon was blessing Jesus, this little tiny baby at 41 days old, at that very moment, she came along and she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. That redemption, that buying back, that setting Jerusalem on the right track. Ultimately, they rejected Jesus. Ultimately, they crucified Jesus. And we thought about that in communion. communion. But as I look at Anna, I look at a person who was righteous. I wonder if we can say that about ourselves. Would you say that about yourself today? You're a righteous person. We read about this before about how Zechariah was blameless. Noah was blameless. Are we righteous people? You see, if we want to be in the moment, at the very moment in time when God wants to do something, I think we need to be righteous. Anna was a person who was ready, and she was in the right place at the right time. Why? Because she was giving herself to God in a consistent fashion. You know, somebody once said, wherever you find yourself, be there, be fully present. You know that time when you're talking to somebody and you're trying to have a conversation and they're kind of looking around and checking their watch and doing all these kind of things and they're so distracted. Last week we thought about distraction when you're trying to talk to somebody and, and you say, you're not listening to me. You know, the guitar players have this look in their face when they're playing the guitar and their wife's trying to talk to them? (laughs) Is this kind of vacant expression on their faces? You know those moments where you're with somebody and you know that they're not with you? You're trying to have a conversation, but they're not listening. Stop nodding so vigorously, Mary. (laughs) We need to be ready. We need to be in the right place at the right time. And This is one of our mottos. This is one of my mantras. Keep turning up. Keep turning up. One of the big problems in the church today is that people stop turning up. They stop turning up. 
and they wonder why they're not hearing from God. They wonder why they're not growing as Christians, but they've stopped turning up. And I don't just mean to church on a Sunday, whether it's gathered or online. And can I just say to those who gathered online, I value the fact that you're gathered online today. You're not second class because you're online. I get the circumstances we're in. We've never pressured anybody to be in the building. We know that it's a difficult time. But we can keep turning up before God. On a Sunday, in this fashion, whether we're gathered or online, next Sunday it's going to be a different kettle of fish. We'll be back to 20 people again next Sunday. Can't believe it. But that's the reality of where we are. But we have to keep turning up, keep turning up, keep turning up so many people, and I look around, I look around in this area over the last number of years as an adult making my own decisions about church and where I would go, I look around, and so many people just drift around all over the place. They just drift around. It's like wherever the wind's blowing, that's where they'll go. Consistency, consistency, consistency. Keep turning up, keep turning up, keep turning up. It's a principle. When we keep turning up, God shows up. And then at that very moment, we go, wow, God is here. God is speaking into my life. He's speaking into this situation. I've heard from God, not just about church on a Sunday, but keep turning up in your devotions throughout the week. What does it say? Therefore, therefore, she saw the redemption of of Jerusalem. She saw the Messiah. You see, it's a principle. It's not a rule. It's a relationship. It's not a ritual. And the Redeemer, Jesus, this one who would buy us back, this is the person that she saw. And this is why I say consistency precedes the presence of God. In this situation, her consistency meant she was in the right place in the right time to see Jesus. The principle applies today. If we want to see God, we need to be in the right place at the right time, and we need to keep turning up, and we need to be disciplined in these principles. You see, I think as Christians, some of the things that we're asking for some of the doors that we're knocking on, some of the things that we're seeking, we'll, we'll, we'll find them, we'll grasp hold of them. When we grasp hold of the, the, the fact that we need to be consistent in our Christian lives. Some crucial questions. Maybe you feel like a little person. Do you feel like a little person today? Maybe those who are online. Do you feel like a little person? Do you feel like my life doesn't really amount to very much? Do you know, I still think these thoughts sometimes. But God uses little people. Maybe you think you're too old. Anna was at least 84. She might have been 103. She could have possibly been even older than that. God still uses old people, regardless of how you define old regardless. God's not interested because our lives, I was reading in the Psalms this morning, that our lives are just like a breath to God. It's like, and that's it finished. It doesn't matter how old we are. What matters is what we do with the years that God has given us. Maybe you feel like your life doesn't count for very much. Can I just say something? Only eternity will reveal the truth about these things. 
Only eternity will reveal the truth about how much your life has mattered. And eternity will also reveal whether or not you've been consistent in your relationship with God. All these things will become apparent at one point in time when we meet Jesus face to face. This little baby Jesus that we celebrate at Christmas, and we all love the baby Jesus. No crying he made. What a load of nonsense. And we get all cooey about the baby Jesus, forgetting that the baby Jesus grew up. He grew, in, he grew in wisdom and in stature and favor with God and men. He lived a sinless life. He was tempted in every way such as we are. And even in the garden where he said, is there any other way? And in that moment he said, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. This is the Jesus that I'm following. I'm not following some wimp Jesus who bails out when the going gets tough. I'm following somebody and I'm trying to emulate somebody and be like somebody who is rugged, who is consistent, who knows his God, who knows his purpose, and who's busy getting on with the purpose of God for his life. That's who I'm following. That's who I'm serving. That's who I'm giving my life to. We need to be consistent in our walk with God. Where do we need to grow in consistency? The other way to think about that is where am I inconsistent? And it can be all sorts of things. If it's praying, pray about praying. C.S. Lewis talked about that. It was, he was the first person I read that talked about that. If you're struggling to pray, pray about praying. And praying is hard work. Let's just face it, praying is hard work, especially when we're interceding on behalf of others as we've been doing these last couple of weeks in particular. If it's praying, pray about praying. If it's about your understanding of the Bible, pray about your understanding of the Bible and ask God to show you each day as you come into His Word what He wants you to know. If it's about dealing with your past, invite God into that and ask God to heal you, to help you, to take you on through and leave your past in the past and grow into the person that he wants to be, consistently coming before God. Where do we need to grow and become consistent? Is it your health? Pray about, pray about that. Is it your job? Pray about that. Is it about your family, your situation? Pray about that. Is it about bad habits, the things that we just seem to keep doing? that we don't feel we've got any control over, there's that area of inconsistency in our lives, pray about it. God can bring you to a place of breakthrough. That's why Jesus died for us. Sin was broken. The power of sin over us is broken. And if there are things that we're struggling with, we bring it before God, and He can set us free from those things. He can bring us to a place of breakthrough. He can. If God can't do it, then why are we here? If we don't believe that we can stop struggling with the things that we're struggling with and become consistent and become a new person, a new creation, the Bible talks about that in Corinthians. It talks about if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And that's true and salvation is free. It's a gift of grace from God, but we need to work it out in our lives. We need to put it into practice. 
Bring God into the equation. What goes up must come down. What goes in must come back out again. Bring God into the equation. X plus Y equals Z. Who remembers equations? When you were at the school, I hated equations. My brain was like, you could just hear the wheels turning. I could feel it getting hotter and hotter. And I'm like, ah. Life can be like that sometimes. This equation called life. And we're like, where's the answer? And you can look back and you can see all your workings. And you go, where did I make a mistake? Where did I go wrong? Well, it was that line there. Let's go back to that line and let's correct it. Maybe for some of us today, maybe for some of us, we've stopped growing in our relationship with God and we need to go back to that place where there's a little mistake in the equation and the working's out and we need to bring that before God and say, you need to come into that line. I need to invite you in. I need to confess. I need to get some things right before you in order for that line to be right so that what follows can be the thing that God wants you to get right so that you can become the person that God has created you to be. I hope that as we've thought about uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth, as, as we've thought about Simeon, as we've thought about Anna today, that we can maybe look at the Christmas story or part of it and maybe see it in a different light this year. God uses little people. God's interested in little people. God's interested in old people. God's interested in babies. He's interested in all of us. And he just invites us in today. Let's just pray as we draw things to a close today. Father, I'm just aware that we're all at different places in our relationship with you. Father, some of us have been Christians for many, many years. Some of us are just newly Christians. And Lord, we're all at different places, at different stages in our journey. But Lord, and I just know that these principles, this principle of consistency applies to all of us, regardless of how old we are, how young we are, how long we've been a Christian, how short we've been a Christian, how gifted we are, how ungifted we sometimes feel about ourselves. Lord, you can come into the equation and you can change us. Lord, you can change the answer at the end of the equation when you come in and when you are present. And Father, we, we, we read about Anna that she was in the right place at the right time. We see that. Lord, she was there when Jesus was presented at the temple, 41 days old, a tiny little baby who would change the course of history forever. Father, we thank you that we serve that living Jesus today. We thank you that he's able to change us on the inside so that what comes out is his life, his grace, his forgiveness, his compassion, his love, his maturity, his ruggedness, his sheer determination and grit, his prayerful life, his devotional life, his understanding of Scripture, his ability to speak with authority the very words of God. Lord, bring us to that place. Bring each one of us to that place where we know your presence in our lives day by day by day by day. And maybe there are some people today, and you've never made that decision to invite Jesus into your life. The Bible tells us that when we make that decision, when we get ourselves right before God, that the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. The, the very Spirit of God who created the universe comes and lives within us 
but he will wait for an invitation. He doesn't just come in. He waits for an invitation. And so if you've never invited God into your life, this is a moment where you can do that. This is a moment where Christmas 2020 can be a very different Christmas for you. Just pray this prayer into your own heart and just repeat the things which I say. God, I've never invited you into my life before. I recognize that I'm a small person. I recognize that there are things in my life which are maybe just not quite right. Father, I recognize that there are things which I need to get right before you. Come into my life. Forgive me. Make me clean. Give me a fresh start. Help me to be consistent in searching after you. I invite you into my life today and ask for your help. In Jesus' name. And if you've prayed that prayer, let me know because we want to just get in touch with you and help you on that journey. Can I just say thank you uh, to everyone uh, who's here today, everyone who's been joining online, and just ask, pray that the Lord blesses you, that the Lord keeps you, that the Lord takes you into this week and shows you the things which you need to see and begins to show you the light and the little crack as the door opens, that door that you've been knocking on for years, that he will begin to show you that he's opening the door and the things which you're seeking after, may you find those things in God. In his name we ask. Amen.